Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Kenny, um, I, I, I believe I'm. I believe I'm going insane. Oh, what made you figure this out? Well, I mean, it has to be. It has to be that I'm going insane because this morning I looked at two stories coming out of the Biden administration, and I'm I'm just going to read the headlines for them, and then you did you you tell me whether I'm insane or whether maybe other people will think they're insane here. So the one story. Uh, out of the uh, Minneapolis Star this morning, says Biden plans to okay $8 billion in Alaska drilling. Okay, so the controversial North Slope oil project known as Willow ha- has galvanized young voters and climate activists, but, decis- but the decision isn't final. It turns out that... Uh, the story out of Washington says one of its most consequential climate decisions, the Biden administration is planning to green light an enormous eight billion oil drilling project in the north slopes of Alaska, according to two people familiar with the decision. But then it goes on to give you the hedge and the hon. The blah, 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 blah. Senator Lisa Mikowski of Alaska, who has championed the project, said Friday that she has been notified. She has not been notified of the decision. We're not celebrating yet. Not with this White House, she said. (laughs) Let's be clear. Willow has not yet been approved, and it is not an acceptable project, says Carlin Itkanak the Alaska Senior Regional Director of the Wilderness Society and Environmental Group. But again this morning on television, I see again that Biden's going to come out today and approve this $8 billion Alaska drilling project. Okay, so my mind is thinking, holy cow, this is the same guy that said, read my lips. No new pipeline, no new uh, oil drilling, no no new fossil fuel. I'm going to get rid of fossil fuel. And now he's going to approve an $8 billion oil drilling project by uh, one of the major oil companies uh, in, this, in this Willow project. But then I pick up the next story out of, off of MSN. The Biden administration announced Sunday evening that it is indefinitely blocking 16 million acres of federal land and water in Alaska from future fossil fuel drilling. The Department of Interior said it has initiated a rulemaking process to establish maximum protection for 13 million acres across the Natural Petroleum Reserve, the NPR, an area in North Slope Borough, Alaska. Biden continues to deliver on uh, on the most aggressive climate agenda in American history. Uh, and so, so you see why I think I'm going crazy. I mean, on one hand, Biden says he's going to cut off fourteen uh, or thirteen million acres in the natural petroleum reserve, the North Slope boroughs, and then on the very next uh story, 
He's going to approve, supposedly approve today, an $8 billion oil drilling project in the north slopes of Alaska in the same general area. And and this project, by the way, is no little uh, little minor deal either. We're talking uh, it's going to provide something like... Well, here I've got the I've got the figures for you right here. It's going to provide hundreds, th- literally thousands of jobs. Conoco Phillips is the major developer here. Intends to build the Willow Project inside the Natural Petroleum Reserve, a twenty-three million acre area that is two hundred miles north of the Arctic Circle, and it's going to provide. Uh, expect to pump 600 million barrels of crude over 30 years. Burning all that oil would release nearly 280 million metric tons of carbon emissions into the atmosphere on an annual basis. That would translate into 9.2 million metric tons of carbon uh, pollutants. But he's going to approve this plan, but at the same time, he's going to take that 23 million acre reserve and he's going to drop it by 13 million. He's going to take 13 million out of that and lock it away indefinitely that you can't, you know, we can never go into it. Well, at least until the next president comes into office and opens it back up. And that's basically what happens here. But this, I mean, yeah. I don't know which way my head's going on this. Is this a good deal? Is this a bad deal? Is it well, kind of a good, bad deal? What, it, what's going on? Let me say this, or let, let me have President Biden say this. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. Okay, he's not going nuts. He wants to be clear okay. about that. No, Brad, you're, you're not going nuts because everything out of this White House is topsy-turvy. It's one thing one day and something different the next day. They don't know if they're coming or going. And he also said this. This is President Biden. Among many qualified people, I'm the best qualified people for, person for this job. He's the most qualified people for the people job. For the, oh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah. yeah the, the, it, ConocoPhillips has projected that Willow, that's this deal, would produce up to 180,000 barrels of oil per day, create more than 2,500 good-paying construction jobs, and 300 long-term jobs, and deliver as much as $17 billion in revenue to the federal government. And remember, this federal government is short of money now because they're growing their deficit on a regular basis. So I guess from one standpoint, Joe needs this money to... Somehow he'll come in and say, "Well, the only reason I'm doing this is because it's going to help offset our, uh, you know, all the plans and all the construction that I'm doing and stuff." Blah blah blah. I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm crazy. I don't know what, what, uh, which, what's going to really happen. I, I guess both of them can happen. I guess he could, on one hand, cut out 13 million of acres from this 23 million acre site, and he could, at the same time, open up one of the biggest, richest oil finds uh, that will provide us with enough oil for years and years to come. Let's let's see what Stan says from up on the North Shore. Maybe maybe Stan's going crazy like I am. I don't know. Stan, what does this mean? Well, it means he wants to shut off the oil to the United States and take dirty oil from around the world. 
<clears throat> and I wanted to mention that uh, it's been calculated quite a while ago that for every oil job that uh, exists up there, I think there's like 10 or 12 service or uh, affiliated yes. jobs that are uh, right. dependent on it. So you look yep. at their income, what they're projecting from just the oil is minimal compared to what the overall income is coming in with airlines, food, cars, all that stuff. May I make one other statement, please? That yes, I recently please, watched a video on the uh, web from a 1979. Leonard Des Moines was speaking, saying that we are coming to a coming, uh, excuse me, we're coming to an ice age if something doesn't stop this global ice age coming there. He had the scientists there, showed all kinds of terrible storms out in the East Coast, people freezing to death. In 1979, the scientists were warning of an ice age coming. And it's, <laughs> I saw Namoy, I mean, I know the guy. I watched Star Trek enough. So I would like someone else, if they had, could look, locate it, look it up, and maybe maybe I'm missing something. But anyway, they're, they're, they want to shut Alaska down and make it a preserve is what they want to do. Yeah. All righty. Have well, a beautiful but, day, and thank you for the time on here. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Stan. And and you're right, Stan, but yet at the same time, if he is going to authorize the construction of this Willow Project, you know, and, and Kenny, or or I should say Stan just told us, and he's absolutely right, if you take those, if you take those 2,500 construction jobs and 300 long-term jobs, all the, all the trucking you've got to do up into that area to develop all the construction materials, to deliver all the construction materials, the housing needed, the, uh, oh yeah, you're probably going to have to open a couple of bars to keep these guys uh, libated at night so they can have a little fun. Uh, who knows? I mean, the, 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 the outside jobs... The trucking, the food services, the all the other things that are going to have to happen, it, it's going to be a major investment up there. Yeah, and I, it, I, I think he understands. I at least I hope he does. Biden understands that you you just can't shut off oil and think that your few windmills and your few uh, solar panels that you've got right now is all of a sudden going to provide enough energy for everybody on uh, it, it, the 350 million or whatever we've got in the United States right now. It ain't going to happen. Listen, we got to go to our first break here this morning, and we'll be right back after this break. KDAL time is 11.24 in 2-1, 11.24, there it is. Yeah, this morning I thought maybe, uh, I wasn't sure what was going on. I know we had to set the clocks forward. Did you get all your uh, clocks set, Brad? Not not all of them. How many uh, clocks do you have? <laughs> about a dozen. <laughs> okay. And here's the thing, Kenny. The ones that I've got up high, like we got one over the living room windows. Yeah. We got two of them up high in the kitchen. I got two brand new knees. I'm not getting up on any step stool to try to change those. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. But this morning, uh, we started early. We started at 10 a.m. We're going to be done here at noon for Twins Baseball. And you weren't there. And I thought, uh-oh, did it have something to do with the clocks? I thought, no, wait a second. No, no. He'd, he'd be on time. Okay, well. 
No, and you know what? I had it on my calendar, too, but with everything with Kathy still in the hospital and going through all these tests and stuff, uh, it just kind of blew it off, I guess. I thought we were on at normal time, but... You know, again... But I was ready. Yeah. I was ready. I made a mention last hour about today is Canine Veterans Day, and I I wanted to include that um, in 1942, Brad, on this day, March 13th, 1942... The U.S. Army started training dogs for its Canine Corps program. And in 1958, report to base, the U.S. Armed Forces began training military dogs at Joint Base San Antonio Lackland. Wow. So they've been a part, a big part of uh, military operations for a long oh, yeah. time. Now, Kenny, do you happen to know, um, I, when we were out at uh, Camp Lejeune, um, well, we were actually at Cherry Point, I think, but Camp Lejeune, uh, we, we were out there for a reunion maybe 10 years ago, and we got to see their their dogs training, their working dogs. These dogs were just phenomenal. This guy, uh, this be, before they brought the dogs out, this guy took a little... Uh, a, a very minute, maybe the size of a dime piece of um, C4 explosive wrapped in plastic. And he stuck it under the corner of one of the bleachers where we were sitting. So it was totally hidden from the eye. And he said, now, when we bring out our dogs, we're going to have we're going to have the one dog is, is a is a bomb sniffer. And we're going to have him try to see if he can find it. Well, they brought these dogs out, and they were Belgian dogs. Do you know what kind that would be? I, I want to say it was like Belgian Burmese or something like that. Oh gosh, I'm, they looked a were they, they looked big? a little like a German Shepherd. Yeah, they were yeah. big. Yeah, they were big. Anyway, this dog came out, and the guy gave him a smell of of what he was supposed to be looking for, and then turned the dog loose, and the dog started going everywhere. <laughs> And lo and behold, within about two minutes, boom, he was right there on that, the edge of that bleacher where he'd placed that product. And uh, they were phenomenal. And, and they, he, he actually showed there at the base at Camp Lejeune, they actually have a graveyard for the dogs, those that get killed in combat or those that die of old age, because they match them up with one trainer and then they stay with that trainer for their whole career. But they were, I, I want to say they were Belgian Burmese or, or Yeah, that's, like not that. Some... The, that's not the term. It, it is, well, Belgian, well, I, I've got more here I'll share with you and your listeners when we come back. I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. Okay. I am familiar right. with it, but uh, they are closely related to German shepherds. That's what I thought. They it, looked a lot like They're them. terrific yeah. police dogs. They're expensive, but... Uh, Brad, we have a caller on the phone, and it's Nicole from the Dahlberg Law Office. And by the way, I think the name of the dog is Belgian Malinois. I think that's how you pronounce it. There you go. I think that's how you pronounce Uh, it. So so, anyway, (laughs) now that we've got that all straightened out, um, (laughs) let's talk about some estate planning, um, too, at Dahlberg Law Office. Let's Um, do it. Yeah, we are here. Even today, even through all the lovely snow, we made it in, and we're working diligently here on some estate plans from people that came in 
last week. We've got a new a new estate planning client coming in later this afternoon. Um, we've we've had quite a few new appointments lately, so we're just drafting up documents and we're we've got clients in all stages of estate planning right now. The new you know the first timers, the the coming into sign, the finishing up everything. You know, we've got all, all stages right now that we're working on. But we've still got plenty of time, plenty of time on the schedule for you guys to come in. So if you're if you've been putting it off, you know, now is the ah. time to start thinking about it. Um, you know, the spring is spring is hopefully around the corner soon, enough with all this snow. Um, but then, you know, spring is a time of new beginnings, so let's get a new new start and get this uh, estate planning started for you guys. Give us a call, two one eight 722-5809. Well, and you know what? It's a good time to call the Dahlberg Law Firm because you you didn't have a break from shoveling anyway. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Oh, people digging oh out all God. over the place up here. It was just it was nuts up here yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so there you have it, folks. Uh, licensed in Minnesota and Wisconsin, yeah. uh, they can take care of family law for you. But a uh, big thing is the wills and estates and make sure that your family is taken care of. And yeah. give the number one more time, if you would, please, Nicole. Sure. 218-722-5809. Or if you prefer, you can go to com and click on the Contact Us link and send an email to get the process started. So. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, I, know, uh, I know we've got CBS News here, but, Brad, I just want to quickly uh, mention this. The National Weather Service has just put out another winter storm will be in the region Thursday and Friday. And I say this not, not to uh, alarm anybody because I, that's not the intention of the National Weather Service. They want to inform, and they want people to be prepared. You know, that's the Boy Scout motto, Brad, be prepared. But there's a heads up for more winter weather ahead. <laughs> this one should more start. of what we've already had. Well, more of this weekend's weather it might start as rain on Thursday and transition to snow Thursday night. There's a very good chance for more than six inches for much of the Yo. Northland, and Duluth is kind of in that bullseye for the best chance of the probability of six or more inches of snow Thursday and Friday again. This track is there's still some uncertainty with this storm track, but the setup is a classic winter system. So there is a high chance for moderate impacts, so stay tuned for that. And just be prepared that we may get some more snow. And again, you just go to the grocery store. Don't rush. You get your old Dutch <sighs> no. chips, top the tater. What else do you need? You know, those are the things that you need. Uh, yeah, those are good. the essentials. Yeah. Yeah, those, yeah. yeah get your buttermilk. Buttermilk? <laughs> buttermilk? My stepdad, the late Jerry Linder, used to drink buttermilk, and I'll never forget. He said, you, oh, you want no. to try some? And he poured, it in the, it. he poured it in a glass. I wouldn't even try it. I refuse to try it. No. It's no, probably I, good, though, right? Well, I don't, I don't think so. My grandfather used to drink it right out of the carton, the old Kemp's carton. Really? I should oh, I should yeah. have given it a try. I can't believe I usually I'll try something, but well, the only thing it's any good for is it makes a heck of a nice batter for chicken if you're going to fry chicken. Ooh, oh, buttermilk makes nice, nice deal. Anyway, we uh, we've got to go to our CBS News, don't we? We do.
Okay, let's do that, and then we'll come back. KDAL time is 11.37, the music of the Alice Cooper group. I put the See, emphasis uh, on there because, well, it's kind of a personal thing. But Alice, you know how old he is? Alice has got to be 78. Not quite that old. 75. No? 75. Okay. All right. Did you see they had a levee breakup in uh, California? Pajaro River in uh, Monterey County. Was uh, this a break or, or was this a, an, a, a voluntary release of water? No, 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 no. It was a break. Oh, okay. uh, a okay. levee failure on the Pajaro River in Monterey County overnight triggered massive flooding and pro- uh, prompted hundreds of evacuations and dozens of water rescues as the latest atmospheric river storm pummeled yeah. large swaths. Stop okay. this. Why, did that, why does it have to yeah. be that? Why can't They've it just stop be the latest this. rainstorm? I- exactly. Stop this. The levee, three miles upstream from the town of Pajaro, ble- uh, breached late Friday night. Uh, patrols noticed boiling, bubbling up in the adjacent farmland. That had to be weird, huh? I mean, you're looking out over the farmland, you see the crops there, and all of a sudden you see the ground bubbling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's not good. I and don't this know what is due. Did they about. say this is due to climate change? Why sensationalize these storms and say atmospheric uh, no. rivers? <laughs> Says the failure was approximately a hundred feet wide. The entire town of Pajaro is underwater. Authorities conducted 60 60 rescues overnight, which included the use of high-water vehicles, the sheriff's diving team, as well as the uh, California Department of Forestry. Uh, The East Bay Times reported that many people were still streaming onto the shelters set up in the area on Sunday morning. Uh, So... You know, they, they didn't say that it was necessarily some sort of a, uh, oh, but you know, one of the houses that got hit during the storm uh, it was the luxury property in Montecito, California, uh, that was the home of Al Pacino's movie, Scarface. Oh, wow. That that was hit by the flood, or by the uh, dam break, evidently. So that's uh, that's kind of a sad situation, but uh, no, they didn't say it was. Uh, they just said it was part of this atmospheric river storm. Well, we heard in the news break there, Brad, uh, the person that was concerned about President Biden and these oil leases or what have you in Alaska, and what did yeah. she say? And this is what they're afraid of. Oh, she's it's yeah, climate she change. It was, Oh yeah, it's it, it's the worst thing you could do for Alaska because it's yeah. already warming up. Yeah. But I don't think you'd if you asked a lot of the people up there. I don't think they'd say it's warmed up much. Um, but yeah, that's that's what you're gonna, and that's what I, why I am so uh, 
perplexed by this, Kenny, that on one hand, you have Joe Biden and you have the tape of him saying it. Uh, read my lips. Uh, no new wells. No, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm going to get rid of fossil fuels. And then so he takes this 23 million acre preserves. He cuts off 13 million of it and says, nope, we're not going to we're not going to allow any uh, drilling or any exploration there. But in the other 10, 12 million acres, we're going to open up one of the largest uh, oil reserves and we're going to go in there and drill, drill, baby, and uh, get trillions of dollars, uh, if, uh, sell it and, you know, use it. And Well, I'm sure that Joe Biden is probably thinking maybe this might be the only way that I can fill back up the strategic oil reserves. Yeah, he's got to put gas in the Corvette. He needs more gas. Yeah, well, there, there you yeah. go. Got to put some gas in Hunter's Corvette. Oh, no, I guess it's his Corvette, but Hunter just used it to pick up chicks with. Hey, do you want to know what the latest is on who's going to run on the Republican side? Because The Hill had a story on this this morning. <clears throat> and, you know, The Hill tends to run a little bit liberal, shall we say. Oh, by the way, I am neglect, Kenny, in saying rest in peace, Bud Grant. My God, that hit me hard when I saw that over yeah, the weekend. me too. I had known him numerous times, met him. In fact, I really? sat and had a cocktail. Yeah, I sat and had a cocktail with him in 1974 when they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in uh, at Tulane Stadium. Now, why were you sitting with Bud Grant having a cocktail? Well, I got invited by uh, Jeff Seaman. Uh, who was a middle linebacker, uh, and he rented for. I ran a. I ran three furniture stores down in the Twin oh, Cities okay. area that rented okay. furniture, and Jeff Seaman rented from me, and we became friends. And him and Doug Kingswriter would take turns giving me tickets to all the games. So I got a call. Well, not right after they won the uh, championship, the Central or the National Football League championship. They came out of the locker room and. I was down there standing, uh, waiting, and uh, they came out. Jeff said, uh, hey, how'd you like to go to the Super Bowl? I said, are you kidding me? He said, no, I, I, I'll give you tickets, so you're going to have to find your own accommodations. Well, we did that, no problem. Uh, but we got to ride into Tulane Stadium on the bus, on the player's uh, family bus, so that we didn't have to fight traffic and all that. And then afterwards, of course, they lost. But even so, afterwards at the Sheridan, they had a party downstairs, most unbelievable party you'd ever seen, Kenny. There was a canoe there full of ice with oysters on the half shell and shrimp, just this whole Jeez. boat full of that stuff. So I'm I'm looking around, I'm sitting, and uh, Bud Grant's sitting there at a table, kind of forlorned, and uh, I looked at him, and he said, yeah, come on, sit down. Cause he, he waved you over. times. Yeah, invited me over. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I sat down. He said, he said, uh, he said, the first thing he said to me, he said, I suppose you're a little disappointed in um, us not winning the game. I said, are you kidding me? I had a great time. Are you, how many times is a guy ever going to be able to go to a Super Bowl and, and, you know, riding the bus that goes into the stadium, sit down here with the coach, having a, having a beer wow. and eating shrimp. I mean, he said, well, it's a pretty good attitude to have because he said most of our guys are pretty forlorn about it. Wow. 
But he was just a great guy. And, you know, the crazy thing is, yeah. I saw him maybe 10 or 12 years after that. He was at some event in Floodwood, and I happened to be there that night sitting, and it was a basketball huh? game or something. Yeah, and I'm sitting in the stands at this basketball game. It was a district playoff game or something, and I think he might have had a relative that was on one of the teams. And he's walking by down below him and a couple of other guys, and he looks up, and he sees me in the stands and points right to me and says, Hey, how you doing? No kidding. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I couldn't Brad. believe it. Yeah, I mean, he just had a he had a phenomenal personal touch with people. He just was he would he just was an incredible guy. Well, so, that's interesting anyway. to, to hear that because I never met him. You know, I was you know have been in the media and had the average guy sports show and was at sure. games and and might have been in a uh, an area where he might have been, but I never met him. But as a young boy, I was, I don't know, 13 years old when they lost their first Super Bowl. Maybe I was a little younger. Uh, No, I was 13. I cried. How could they lose? How could the Vikings (laughs) lose? Was that when they lost to Kansas City? Yeah. And they went on to lose four more in the same decade. And it it was devastating. But he was a man of grit. He had that Viking persona. Oh, yeah. He looked like a Viking. He did. He truly did. Well, he was from northern Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, he, he went you know, to Superior Central High School. Yes. He he was from Superior, born there, and uh, was a multi-star athlete, played for the Minneapolis Lakers, won a championship with him in 1950, and he was... He was so well connected to this state. Stayed uh, on board as a consultant with the Vikings, and yep, yep. he lived a long life, though. Brad, ninety-five, Finaz- fun- just a phenomenal guy. And you know what his claim to fame was with the uh, when he won the basketball championship? What's that? Rebounding. <laughs> he was their best rebounder. Wow, wow. He liked to get inside and get physical. Phenomenal guy, though. Anyway, it's the well. It's kind of world is a better, better place because he was here. Absolutely. And his son played quarterback for the UMD Bulldogs. Yeah. Yes. And that was his name, Bruce. Bruce Grant. Uh, I want to say it was Bruce, wasn't it? His daughter is Natalie Grant, who's on TV working for Northern News now. Now, she did announce that she was leaving. She took another position uh, up in the Pacific Northwest somewhere. I don't know okay. if she's gone yet, but I couldn't believe it when I learned that. I thought, my goodness, Natalie Grant is the... So Bud is was her grandpa. Yeah, yeah. What an interesting guy. And loved to hunt and fish and yeah. you know do all the... You know, I mean, he just he was a natural for this area. He really was. Well, listen, we got to do our Minnesota news break here, folks, and then we're going to come back and I'll give you who the uh, who the theories, who the prognosticators are telling us is going to be running for uh, office and what their chances might be, at least on the Republican ticket when we come back. KDAL time is oh, where to go. There it is, 11.52, sunshine, 22 degrees at the National Weather Service, 19 in Eveleth, and sunny there as well. Now, Kenny, do you happen to know who the Twins are playing today? You... Yes, the evil New York Yankees. Ooh! Uh-huh. 
Are they playing them down in Steinbrenner Park, or are they at the Twins facility in uh, Fort Myers? That's a good question, Brad. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I've got it here on my uh, sheet. My list, what day is today? The 13th. Let's see 13th. here. A uh, Versus. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what uh, that means. <laughs> okay. Well, they're going to play the Yankees anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, it doesn't Boy, say after where or what, but... Yeah, I happened to be watching the other night. They had the Yankees and somebody on. I forget who it was, and it was from Yankees Park. And Judge came up to bat. He hit a towering shot out of that park. I don't know. I don't know how this guy, how this guy does it, but it just seems so natural. He just cranked on it. Anyway, here's the story. So I'm going to give you some inside dope here. They said that, first of all, if Joe Biden runs for re-election, of course, all of the primary action will be on the Republican side because they figure most Democrats will back away and they won't run against a sitting, a sitting president. Uh, so they, 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 have a, they have four brackets of people that will run against uh, Joe Biden. The first one is the Trump bracket. And the one it'll be a one man show. The former president says he's already running even more vengeful and and vicious. And you can see where this story is going since it's written by the Hill. He says he'll be even more vengeful and vicious than before. If, as I believe, he faces at least one indictment, the impact is unclear for any con uh, conventional politician. It'd be curtains. But with Trump, it's more likely to enrage and engage his base, at least in the short uh, short term. Uh, outside of that base, Trump supporters Trump support is eroding. There are questions about his health and stamina. I didn't know that. I'd never heard of that. And he's not catching anybody by surprise. Still, he'd be a heavy favorite to make the GOP Final Four. Next in the Trump heavy bracket are people like. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who's already stealing some of Trump's thunder. DeSantis is counting on his hard line on cultural issues, taking on gay and transgender rights, woke corporations, abortion rights, educational elites, a dash of racial dog whistles, etc., etc. You can see how this is written by a lefty. This has resonated in Florida, where he was reelected in a landslide. However, DeSantis ran twice against weak opponents and about to face more scrutiny and tougher tests. The Trump camp, aided by the king of slime, Roger Stone, will throw lots of mud. There's all, they're always trying to paint DeSantis as a corporate pervert. That's what, uh, what they'll do. And DeSantis, at some point, will have a hard decision to make. Do I just ignore it or do I fight back? In 2016, Jeb Bush tried to ignore Trump while Marco Rubio got down in the gutter with him. Both failed. The next seed here is Trump's former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, with uh, top national security credentials. Despite losing 90 pounds, Pompeo is not an especially attractive retail or, or television candidate. Again, don't get mad at me. I'm just reading what The Hill wrote on this. He said after that comes third seed is uh, Texas Senator uh, Ted Cruz, uh, who will run if Trump drops out or fades and who won't be restrained by principle. In 2016, Trump suggested that Cruz's father was involved in the assassination of President Kennedy and his wife was ugly. Remember? Well, Cruz later became a congressional champion of Trump. So uh, Cruz can be, you know, very mellable. 
the final seed in in South Dakota is South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. She has all the MAGA credentials, but she's from South Dakota. That's that's their 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 take on this. The Trump light bracket has people like South Dakota's governor or South Carolina governor Nikki Haley, who was Trump's United Nations ambassador. She would be the front runner in that category. But there's also people in there like Mike Pence, uh, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, uh, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. So they said there's going to be a, a lot of people out there. It all depends on whether Trump gets through here unscathed without a uh, without being called before a grand jury for some uh, perceived irregularity or or uh, or law breaking something or other. So that's going to be interesting to watch. By the way, the uh, the information on the court case with uh, Brian Kroberg, you know, the guy that is uh, is suspected in killing the four uh, University of Idaho students, uh, they're claiming now that his defense is going to be, eh, that was a party house. Everybody was partying over there. Could have been anybody that killed him. Oh, yeah. Anyway, not me. Somebody else did it. Yeah, hey, Brad, I, me. I, I can't leave without mentioning today is my day. It's Ken Day. Ken! It's Ken Day? It's my day! Ken! <laughs> oh. See you tomorrow. Kenny Day! Let's See you tomorrow. Enjoy yeah, it. Kenny Day. <laughs> Say hi to Barbie when you go oh, home, okay? okay? See ya. <laughs> All right. See you later. Well, we might have jumped the gun there a little bit on the music. Uh, we're still about a minute away from the uh, ID that will take us to the top of the hour and take us to Twins Baseball, Twins and Yankees today. Uh, Minnesota Twins Baseball are right here on KDA all, all season long. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Sound Off at the regular time, 10 o'clock. I'm sorry, 11. <laughs> Boy, I'm even getting confused. The regular time is 11 to 2, Monday through Friday. When Twins baseball plays early, uh, Bruce Siski uh, gives up his time slot to allow us to come on and talk to you for a couple of hours. But uh, we've got Twins baseball coming up here in a matter of moments. See you tomorrow.